Welcome to my podcast. I'm the Laughing Philosopher. Life is complicated. You are complicated. Everything seems to have been figured out, except how to live a happy life guided by wisdom and reason. What does it mean to be a good person? What is love? Who am I before I was told who I am? Why haven't I found myself yet? Why do I have regrets? Is this a just world? Almost from the moment of birth, we've been told how to behave, how to fit in, and how to fulfill other people's expectations. We grow to fear that we will lack importance or cease to exist in the lives of others if we think for ourselves and question the rules and roles that we've been told define us. Only when wisdom and reason removes this illusion can we live authentically in the world around us and become our real selves. Episode 4 Is the idea of God rational or just crazy? Is God someone like you, just bigger? Human beings are a mess. We are a mess of conflicting beliefs and emotions, living in a messy world of conflicting beliefs and emotions. One moment you're crying, the next moment you're laughing. What are you? Angry and compassionate, greedy and generous, ignorant and wise, you are a contradiction in a world of contradictions. The mind creates everything. If you think something is easy, it's easy. If you think something is impossible, it's impossible. Heaven is not in the sky, said Jesus. Heaven is in you. It is livable. We don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. We're too afraid to say, I don't know. Uncertainty is scary. We don't want to admit that we just don't know the answer. So we make up stuff. And somehow, the not knowing makes the made up stuff feel more likely to be true. We prefer to cling to myths and superstitions which make sense of life rather than to accept a world that is chaotic and unpredictable. All human progress is just a struggle to overcome life's unpredictability. Questioning our myths and superstitions returns us to a world of fear and uncertainty. And this is intolerable. So we don't dare allow ourselves to question our most profound beliefs for fear we may doubt them. We know we are right and superior. We know our way of life is the only correct way of living. We know others are not just different, but wrong. We live in fear of our own doubts and uncertainties. So we try to get others to believe as we do because it makes us feel safe.
It makes us forget our doubts to be among others with the same beliefs. So we force our truths down the throats of our neighbors. Fanaticism is forever breeding and needs feeding. Sartre was right. Hell is people you know who don't believe like you. No matter how false or illogical it appears to you, it is almost impossible for you to reject a belief if you've held this belief almost from the moment of birth. If your mother and father hold this belief, if your friends and neighbors hold this belief, if this belief is all you've ever known, and if the gods command you to believe. We ask for the truth, but then we betray ourselves with doubts. What is God? To most people, God is someone just like us, but bigger. The truth is that even God doesn't know what he is because God is not a what. God is an uncreated being made up of uncreated matter. And God is as incomprehensible to angels as he is to us, since we are both created beings. God is greater than anything we can say about him or even imagine. God does not exist, said Kierkegaard. God is eternal. We can't even say that God exists without limiting God to our understanding of what it means to exist. We cannot say that God is wise or good because words trap God within the limits of our understanding. We can only say with certainty what God is not. We can say that God is not six feet tall not made up of flesh and blood, not a body, not a thing, and more than 60 other negatives, according to the Muslim theologian, Al-Ashari. Does God exist? Montaigne said it best, men cannot make a worm, but they make gods by the dozens. Is Trump a god? The wise, the humble, and the compassionate have their God. Why shouldn't the ignorant, the vain, and the hard-hearted have their God also? Mediocre thinkers use the fact that the universe exists and whatever exists has a cause as proof that God must exist. But in truth, all of the arguments that God must exist logically and necessarily as an object among other objects in the universe simply fail. Cosmological, teleological, ontological, and moral all simply fail to prove that God exists. We simply cannot find God in what we see. What then is the difference between a God one cannot sense a God one cannot see or hear or feel or touch 
and no God at all. We simply can't find God in what we know. Not beyond our senses, but here, dwelling in our presence. Unicorns do not exist out there in the real life world. Unicorns are not the kind of thing one can experience. God does not occupy this world any more than unicorns do. If it makes sense to build churches for God, then why not build stables for unicorns? Stables may help you feel closer to unicorns, but they won't help bring unicorns closer to you. We are told to believe in miracles. Don't miracles prove that God exists? Miracles, we are told, are a violation of the inviolable laws of nature. But this is illogical and makes no sense. If the laws of nature are inviolable, then they cannot be violated and everything happens in conformity to them, just as it should. On the other hand, if the laws of nature are not inviolable, then there is nothing miraculous about miracles. What is life for? Wittgenstein said, I don't know why we're here, but I'm pretty sure that it's not in order to enjoy ourselves. But the answer is obvious to those who believe there is a God. The purpose of life is to obey God's laws in the Bible, period. Personally, I like reading the Bible. It makes me sleepy. If you're not completely confused by the Bible, then you don't understand it. The Bible tells us that God prefers us free with the risk of disorder rather than control without freedom. Why then would God give us a book of instructions? Why would God empower us with free will only to give us a book of instructions that tells us how to live and punish us if we ignore or disobey it? God gives freedom with one hand but demands conformity with the other. Does the left hand know what the right hand is doing? Or is God just crazy? Why do bad things happen to good people and good things happen to bad people? If God is all good and all powerful, then why evil? Is God malicious or impotent? The Bible's answer to the problem of evil is free will. We are told that it is more important to God that we are free, free to choose evil, than to coerce us into being good. Why then give us a book of instructions? Is murder wrong because God says it is? Or does God say it is because murder is wrong? Socrates was confused too. Why is abortion wrong? Who should have more authority over the house? The owner or the tenant? Why is masturbation sinful? Why would God care what people do in bed 
as long as it's interesting. The Bible tells us that God loves us as a father loves his children. Do children beg their earthly father to give them their daily bread? They expect him to do it. They neither feel grateful nor does he expect gratitude. It's difficult to worship a God who is no better than an ordinary decent person, wrote Mom. There is no more cruel way to punish a person than to force one to do things that make no sense. If you hit yourself on the head with the Bible and you hear a hollow sound, it doesn't necessarily mean your head is empty. Yes, the Bible can be used to impose order on our messy, confusing world. But James Joyce did the same thing using Ulysses. Joyce showed that the Bible stories are no more helpful than the stories of Ulysses in finding the meaning of life. And if there is no afterlife, then death is going to feel pretty much the same as you did before you were born. Jesus plainly said the Bible was created for us. We were not created for the Bible. Why do we keep putting more and more money into a parking meter in front of an empty parking space? The Bible is a book. The Bible is a good book. But perhaps it isn't an instruction manual of rules and procedures. Perhaps we've simply misunderstood the Bible's purpose and used it the wrong way, like using a yardstick to measure virility or using wealth to measure character. Perhaps the Bible is not an iron cage, but a liberator of them. Not an idol, but an ideal. Human beings are different from all other beings. We are able to question our being and our world. Living is easy with eyes closed. John Lennon. We refuse to think about things we are afraid to think about. A ship in harbor is safe, but that's not what ships are for. Just as fish are the last to discover water, the human mind can be so immersed in foolishness that it is unaware of it. The Bible tells me that I am no better than God. So God will forgive me if I forgive others. The Bible also tells me that if I do not forgive others, then God is no better than I am and will not forgive me. The Gospel according to Mark, chapter 11, verses 25 and 26. So, I am no better than God and God is no better than me. Are we then equal? When God became a man, did man become God? Are we then one and the same? You and I will not be remembered. Everything we do is vanity and chasing the wind. We are only the glitter of the sun on the surface of the water, said D.H. Lawrence.
eternal, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-good, do we dress God in the clothes we would like to wear? To more people, as I believe, so does God. God looks like something I've seen. My ego. We've figured out everything else. Isn't it time we figured out how to live with God? Hi, I'm Dr. Robert Corey, the Laughing Philosopher. Thanks for listening to my podcast. I've devoted my professional life to the intersection of sociology and philosophy, where the contemporary problems of life meet the ideas and convictions of the greatest human minds. Join me by subscribing to The Laughing Philosopher as we use reason and wisdom to explore big answers to the most important of all big questions, how to live.